Well, Karen, we are expecting, we are expecting the anointing. We're expecting the good word of God. I know he's stored up in your heart. So why don't you come and if you hold the mic, I'll get your things. I'm expecting too. <laughs> Along right with you. Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Father, we are so grateful. There's so many Christians all over the world that are being tormented right now in a in a place that they don't want to be, giving their lives up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And here we are in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, able to freely come together to praise you, to worship you, to hear the good word of God, the truth of your word, Father, the whole truth. We are so grateful, 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 grateful for this privilege and this honor. We don't take it lightly. We're grateful to be here. The door is open that we can all gather together in the here and now. So, Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here tonight to guide us into all truth. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Jesus. Move and speak tonight to each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See, that, that is coming into agreement with that prayer and trusting the Lord to do that for you tonight. And I'm in that along with you. Tonight, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I think we all are sensing in the Spirit a momentum that the Lord is doing in this house, Church of the Word International. And it's building. And he wants everyone in on it. Every one he wants in on it. No slackers, no sitting in the back pretending, putting your head down. Nope, he wants you involved in the work that he wants to do in this place. So we're going to really hear from the heart of the, the Holy Spirit tonight. So get in on this because it's for you. Everyone can create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can talk and work. And we each have a part to make that happen. You can create an atmosphere in your home, an atmosphere of peace, or an atmosphere of strife and confusion and envy, and, and every evil work comes in with that. But you can create an atmosphere intentionally on purpose wherever you are, that brings in the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty cool to, under, to not only know that, but to understand that. You are the one here on the earth with the authority, and you can do that. We're going to talk about this. Now, we know in 1 Corinthians 12, 11 that the gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. You can't conjure them up. If the Holy Spirit doesn't move, it's all fake. And we, there's been plenty of that in the church. Not in this church, but in a lot of other churches. But we do have a lot to do on how to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit does want to move and will move. And that is our responsibility. Say my responsibility. And we all need to take that and be acutely aware that that uh, is part of a part that we play. 
by ministering to the Lord through praise and worship, we can create this atmosphere where the Lord, the Holy Spirit has freedom to move. Psalms 22.3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Don't ever underestimate the power of praise. It is a spiritual weapon that we have against the enemy and the onslaught of the enemy. Hebrews 13.15 says that by him, Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it is a sacrifice. Sometimes you're going through problems and your flesh doesn't want to praise, but you press into the kingdom. You press into the, the word of God into with obedience. And as you're pressing, you now break through. You have that breakthrough. Your flesh is put under and your spirit arises. By him, Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. First Timothy 2.8 says, I will therefore that all men pray and praise everywhere, lifting up holy hands. I have found in my journey with the Lord that the more I invoke all three realms, spirit, soul, and body, the more you invoke all that, the, the, the greater intensity with the Holy Spirit, the greater encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, lifting holy hands is just obeying the word of God, right? It's pressing in and doing what the word of God says. Now, if you have your Bibles, which I know you do in this place, Acts 16, let's go there. Very familiar uh, story. However, let's dive a little bit deeper in this and get a little revelation from, a little bit more revelation from the Lord tonight on this. Acts 16, verse 25, and it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing, praying and singing hymns to the Lord. And the prisoners were listening. Do you know when you're speaking, somebody's listening, and the one who's listening the most is you. Every word you say, you hear with your own ears. But there's usually people listening to you, whether you're aware of that or not. Verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I want you to see the power of praise. Praise doesn't just loose you. It looses others in the atmosphere or your sphere of atmosphere. It's not all about you. It's about other people as well. Now, why was Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns in a very, very bad situation? They were in the inner stocks of a jail I mean, I, I can use my imagination, but I don't want to. I mean, it's got, it has to be a pretty bad place. But here they were praying and praising. But look at verse 9. Why were they doing this? Verse 9 says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now, mind you, if you read 16, they're going through all these regions. And the Holy Spirit kept forbidding them. They came to Mysa, and it says the Spirit did not permit them. So they kept moving. Everybody say moving. Keep 
on moving. When you get a, when you hit a wall, that's not permanent. Don't stay stuck. Don't make excuses as to why you can't keep pressing in. It's a lie from the pit of hell from the, for the, the, uh, the enemy to stop you. But Paul, it says, so they kept passing through. And they came to verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from uh, (laughs) Macedonia stood and pleaded with him. This is a vision saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, Paul, he immediately sought to go there, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel there. So he had a plan. And he had a purpose. Even though he had many walls that prevented him, he kept moving in the right direction. You ever all heard God blesses a moving car, not a parked one? All right. Well, here we go. So now they move there and they come right into uh, Macedonia and they're there and they get stoned or not stoned. They get uh, striped and thrown into jail. Does that stop them? No, they got a purpose and a plan. What is that? To preach the gospel. So here they are in jail. What are they doing? They're preaching the gospel. They're praying. Father, we thank you that you brought us here. Thank you for the souls that are going to be saved. Thank you, Father. We're in this place, but we don't care because we know you're the Lord of the harvest. And they start preaching the gospel in prison. What happens? A suddenly... An earthquake comes. The foundations are shaken and immediately all the doors are open and all the prisoners' chains were loosed. What do you call that? Manifestation of the word of God being preached. And we know that the head of the jailer came in and he wanted, he said, what must I do to be saved? Why would he say those words if he wasn't hearing words of salvation? How to be saved right? And so believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved in your whole household. So what happened? They had purpose. They, they couldn't be stopped. They kept on moving and, and through prayers and praising that beautiful weapon, they had breakthrough. Who wants breakthrough tonight? Amen. See, God's going to give us some keys that'll open up your doors tonight of answered prayer, of, of, deliverance of healing, whatever it is you need. God's not withholding one good thing from those who walk up right before him. I am totally convinced of that. We, I sometimes can get very lazy and passive and I don't press into the kingdom like I should. And I wonder why my prayers are not being answered. Why I'm not getting the manifestation. I don't know if any of you out there are like that, but that's me. However, tonight I'm getting kicked by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hopefully all of us are. So here he is preaching the gospel and receiving the answer to why he even went there. Do you know that God will send you across the country for one person? Do you know one person to God is so valuable? Aren't you glad that you're one person? And God looked at you one day and said, I want that person saved. 
Amen. I know I am so glad. All right, so they started thanking and praising God for the souls of salvation out loud. They weren't looking at their circumstances. You can complain about your circumstances or you can praise God for the victory. Choose you this day what you'll choose, life or death. And the power of your tongue is that life or death. Mark 11, well, let me just get back to James. James 3 says where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil thing. You're not going to receive from the Lord. You're not going to create an atmosphere for God to move if you're in envy, strife, or confusion. Figure it out. It doesn't work. 1 Peter 3, 9. Husbands, if you're not ministering to your wife, if you're not... uh alongside her, giving understanding to the weaker vessel, you can hinder your prayers. That's what the word of God says. How about uh, offenses and trespasses? Does that hinder the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit working in your life? What is the believer's prayer that the Lord gave us? Uh, Forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against us. Is that important in a position to receive from the Lord? Yes, absolutely. And we've got more scriptures on that too. Mark 11, let's turn there. Mark 11, 23, another foundational scripture. Listen, don't ever get tired of listening to foundational scriptures. Faith cometh by hearing, by, by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Keep pressing that a foundation with the good word of God that you, you've heard. Have the faith of God, verse 22. For surely I say unto you, whosoever, are you a whosoever? Yes, you qualify. Says to this mountain, does that say think? Pardon me? It says says, so there's something you have to do. Is that correct? Says to that mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. That's three times, right? Says, therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask, when you what? Pray. Pray. When you pray, not your pastor, not somebody else. When you pray. Believe that you've received them and you'll have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. This is in red, by the way. Jesus is speaking this. When you're, when you have any, if you have anything against anybody, forgive them. For if you don't forgive them, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Is that an obstacle for you receiving? Yes or no? Yes. See, we got to understand some real basic fundamental truths about our journey with the Lord and how we receive from him. And this is creating an atmosphere in your own heart, then creating an atmosphere in your sphere of influence to where you have an open heaven, where you're listening, where you're being prompted by the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit, praising him and worshiping him, allowing the Holy Spirit to check you when you get into complaining and murmuring and gossip and envy and strife. 
allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and get that, get that out of your heart so that you're, you're always in a position to be able to receive from the Lord. And when you ask the Lord for something, start praising him for it. Father, this is what I do. And I'm just going to tell you, when I need something, and it's a legitimate need, because I have lots of wants. How about you? <laughs> Sometimes the Lord just says no. I said, all right. Will you let me in while you're saying no? You know? And sometimes he will later on down the, down the line. But a, a legitimate need that I know that he's already promised in his word to supply me, I simply just stand still and I look. All right, Father, you told me you would supply my every need. I'm looking for the provision. Where is it? Hot or cold? Hot or cold? What, what am I doing? I'm positioning myself to receive from the Lord. I'm expecting because he promised in his word that he would supply my need. He would answer my prayers. You've got to be intentional with the Lord. He wants you to be. And thank him and praise him. Get yourself into that place where you can receive your suddenly. Amen. Acts 13, 1 and 2, it says, As a minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. By ministering to the Lord through praise and fasting, you're creating an atmosphere. You're putting your body down, your flesh down, right? It's going lower and your spirit is ascending. Now you're going to be listening to the Lord and you're going to hear the voice of the spirit because you're not you're not paying attention to the flesh. Thanks, John. Amen. God desires to take us and change us from glory to glory, more faith into more faith. You got to pass the little tests to enter into the bigger test. And when you pass that test, he's setting you up for the next one. Say, that's good news. It is great news because there's a greater blessing attached to it. We just have to follow his instructions, the word of God, make any adjustments inside, say inside. This is a big, big deal. Make any adjustments in here. Reverence and honor the Holy Spirit that does live within you and praise him and create that kind of atmosphere where he wants to move. He wants to move. Amen. You know, because I live with four little grandchildren, I get, I get word examples and visuals all the time of how God moves in our life as a parent. And as a Nana, you know, I will say something to one of them about doing something. And when they do it and they do it even better than what I expected, all I want to do is bless them. I have to check in with mom and dad first because a Nana's blessing is over the top compared to, well, sweets, mostly sweets, things like that. But nevertheless, the father's heart, the, the parent heart is wanting to bless you. Do you know that? You're a son of God. You're in sonship. You're in the family of God. The father wants to bless you. Amen. Do you know that? 
That's his heart toward every one of his children. Some people, they just don't feel like they, they deserve it. They don't feel worthy. And I'm telling you, that's not the heart of the father at all. It's a heart of the, it's, it's the spirit of the enemy to keep you from receiving everything that the Lord has for you. Amen. So we have to be intentional about setting our heart, listening, paying attention with no distractions um, in order to enter into that atmosphere. And we can create that. So we are the temple, the Holy Spirit. We are tabernacling the the Holy Spirit within us. So what is that? It's, It's a residence. It's a abiding place. It's a dwelling. It's not like the Holy Spirit comes in and visits and leaves. He's always with you. He's in you. And we have lots of scriptures. And we actually, the book of John talks so much about that. So creating that atmosphere, you have to create that. And be intentionable, intentionable by praising and worshiping the Lord, thanking him, praying in the Holy Spirit. Next one is availability. Just being available to the Lord. Jeremiah 7.23 says, obey my voice. And I will be your God and you will be my people. Obeying the voice of the Lord. We must not only obey the word, but also the promptings and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that he longs to instruct you and help you make right decisions and right choices? One of my greatest prayers is that I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right things with the right people. I speak that out. I fully expect that to happen. And no weapon formed against me or my family shall prosper. The angels of God encamp around and about us, protecting us from any evil, any harm. So the Lord is going to speak to you. Don't go there today. You don't have to go there today. Don't go there today. Well, you can obey or not. But every time you do obey, you compound the validity of the voice of God speaking to you in small things, in directional things. And sometimes it's just a prompting in your heart. Again, if you obey that, it will become more clear and more clear as you go. There's a compound factor with that. So how do you make yourself available? Spend time praying in tongues, in your own language, whatever it is, and daily meditating in the word of God. You know, have your Bible out on your table or in different places in your house as a reminder, hey, I'm just going to sit down and read a chapter. You know, if it's shoved on the shelf and on a site, on a mine, right? But if you have it out, you'll be surprised how many times you'll just stop, sit down and and say, I'm going to read a chapter. And in that chapter, the Lord is going to speak to you. And before you know it, you're reading two because the Lord is speaking to you. See, he longs to speak to you more than you wanted him to hear him. He's wooing you and drawing you. Another way is to develop and maintain a spiritual sensitivity in the realm of the spirit throughout the day. Not just your devotionals in the morning and then just barrel through with your agenda not leaving any space for the Holy Spirit, but stay in tune with them. Think of them. Uh, Give them praise throughout the day. Pray in tongues. Pastor Dale used to say, percolate. Percolate in tongues. 
You can do that all day long, and you can do it no matter who you're with or where, because you can speak under your breath, and you know your spirit is praying, and every syllable, every word is powerful in the kingdom of God, and it's and the Holy Spirit is using that. So, in other words, we have to be available to God. Whatever your job is, whatever you're doing, he can always touch your heart. He can always speak to you, that still, small voice. He is a gentleman. He's not going to bull you over, control, or manipulate you, you, but we have to give him place. That's why it's great to, to take a word break or a praise break and, and just develop that in your day. Just stand still and intentionally do that. Giving him space, giving him availability in your life allows him to work in your life. And I like to say spill over in your life to other people. You don't have to be special to God for God to use you. Just faithful and available. I love this church. I've been, gosh, I've been with this church since 1989 when I started with a Bible study with Pastor Dale at Ann Sill's house way back then. And, you know, I, I'm still at Church of the Word International because I haven't found anything better. I don't know where there's such freedom for the Holy Spirit to move, where there is a rich truth of God's word being presented from Genesis to Revelation. Does that mean we're perfect? No. But we're growing in the Lord together. We're accountable to one another and we're transparent. And there's a real love here for one another. Amen. Where we prefer one another. We want everybody to win and get victory. And like what we heard with Anastasia, we're praying for each other. This is a really special assembly of people. And I just never want to go. Why, why leave this? It's so fabulous. And it just keeps getting better and better and better. Amen? Why? Because we're compounding in the spirit. And we're allowing the Holy Spirit availability in our services, in our lives. And the Lord loves that. So we have to be intentional and allow the Lord to build us up in our most holy faith and keep on moving, keep on growing, keep going forward in the things of God. Now, remember, he's not looking for ability. He really isn't. He's looking for availability. And all he needs is a faithful son or a faithful daughter that will be consistent. You know, I've said this many times to young mothers. The hardest thing in being a parent is to be consistent. If you say something, don't compromise on it. Stick with your guns. If it's a true thing and, and it, it's from the Lord, be consistent in that. And your flesh doesn't like it. It's easier to uh, clean up that mess and then instead of them cleaning up that mess would take you half the time. But being consistent, knowing you are raising up a new generation of godly uh, children that you're teaching them godly ways. Well, God's looking for consistency in all of us. He very seldom looks for the shining star. I'm just going to be flat out to say that. Um. Because in the kingdom of God, the way up is down. 
Jesus came to serve. He was a servant of all. He washed the feet of his disciples. And he did that as an example to each one of us. That's the way of his kingdom. And if you're looking for a high place, a title, and all that, um, you might be waiting a long time. I'm being really honest. <clears throat> you know, I know there's a lot more uh, qualified people to be up at this platform tonight than me. And I wonder myself, why me, Lord? I mean it. But I really believe that God looks at faithfulness as a, a high quality, not gifts, not talents, not being a great speaker, none of that. He's looking, are you going to be consistently faithful doing what I've asked you to do day in, day out, year in, year out, and just keep moving forward past all the, the lies of the enemy, all the obstacles that he throws in your path with your heart just set on getting the victory and giving God all the glory. That's the truth. Because when, it, when it's all said and done, and we all take our last breath, when we look back, that is our journey. It's not arriving to some high and lofty thing. It's in the day in and day out grunt of life is where Jesus is. I like to say he's in the intersection of the spiritual and the natural. You can't separate the two. But it's in that grunt of the day is where he's at and where he wants to make himself, show himself strong on your behalf. Amen. The new birth is a great equalizer. It levels the playing field. I don't care if you're rich, poor, young, old. It doesn't matter across the board. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. It's what you want. What do you want? Do you want to press into the kingdom of God and get more of Jesus than you had last year? That's up to you. Say that's up to me. Yeah. Turn to 1 Corinthians 1, verses 25. See, taking personal responsibility for your life, uh, we don't... We don't hear too much about that. There's a lot about entitlement in the world, right? I mean, you can't pass a building that doesn't say uh, we're looking to hire. Well, if you're at home, get an entitlement check. That'll be more money than what you would work 40 hours at that place. You're not going in there to be hired. See, it's entitlement. I'm entitled. But God says, no, take personal responsibility for your life and do what you know to do from the word of God. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Wow. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which we despise, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, 
who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is it written. He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. See, when you glory in the Lord, you put all the pressure on him. It's not on me. It's not on you. If your eyes are on the Lord and you're, you're giving him all the glory, you've put the pressure on him. That's a great place to be at. That's where real peace is, by the way. That peace that passes all understanding, that's where it's at. This new birth takes you out of your natural station in life, and it makes you available to the wisdom and the ability of God himself. He'll cause that, he'll cause his ability to flow through your life by anointing you to do whatever it is he's called you to do. That's so good news. You don't have to work it up. You just have to be faithful and consistent to say yes to the Lord and do what you know to do consistently. Building the compound factor in your life. That's, I mean, that's good news. I mean, you're going in one direction anyway. Why not go in the direction of God consistently? Makes sense. I mean, we're in this for the whole thing, aren't we? Right? We might as well get as much of God as we can in the flesh because once you put down this flesh body, that's it. No more flesh time. This is it. And you only have today, 24 hours, to be everything that Jesus wants you to be. To choose love instead of jealousy. To choose uh, praise instead of complaining and murmuring. It's your choice. Nobody makes you do it. The devil can't even make you do it. We blame him and we blame other people and we blame circumstances. But that blame and stuff is not going to wash when you stand before the Lord one day. Nope. Mm -mm. It's not. We're responsible for ourselves. And I like to say when you... When you gather a group of people around you that are like-minded, that understand this word, and you choose to open up your life to be accountable and transparent and say, listen, I, I need some help here. You know, can we have a word when I fall back into this or this old nature, this old habit? And, and allow people in your life to encourage you. In love, with humility, because they're a frog's hair away from falling themselves, and they're going to need you. See, if you build walls and you're, you got it all put together and you're all that, you build a wall against the very people that God has put in your life to help you in your life journey. Everybody's still breathing? Oh, you're still in your life journey. Amen. We need each other. And we need, we need the anointing that we all have in our life. Be transparent enough to know that and to be a good receiver of it. Amen. Which brings us to the anointing. How do we flow in this anointing that God has given us? 1 John 2, 27 says the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. In the Old Testament, it came upon them, the prophets and the priests and the kings, when they needed it. But guess what? 
we have it available to us 24-7. That anointing is in you, available. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's available to you all 24-7, whenever you need it. When you wake up in the middle of the night, you might be afraid. And all of a sudden, just pray in the Holy Spirit. Speak the name of Jesus. It's available to you. What do you default to? It's a really great question to ask yourself. Do you default to complaining and murmuring? Is your trigger into anger? That can change. Today, that can change. You can understand the importance of defaulting and triggering into praise and worship, into praying in the Holy Spirit, into speaking the name of Jesus. You know, Jesus is from Genesis to Revelation. The whole Bible is Jesus. There's so much power in that name. So much power. Just saying the name of Jesus invokes power and brings the atmosphere of God on your behalf. One word. Let that be your default. And, you know, reverently honoring the Lord in that. Jesus, I need you right now. I need you to help me overcome. Boy, he's right on that. He'll answer that prayer before he answers anything else. He's longing for you to partner in with him. He, he wants to know that he's available to you. So let's just take advantage of Jesus in our life. Amen? You know, just because Jesus and the Holy Spirit are in us, it doesn't mean that you know him. Doesn't mean that. He's there but it doesn't mean you know him. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. Let's look at what Paul says about this. In chapter 3, verse 7 and 10, it says, But what things were gained unto me, these I have counted loss. I mean, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was probably wealthy. He had, he had privilege and honor and respect. He had it all in the world's eyes. He said, I count it all is dung for, for the Lord. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Wow, you're hearing his heart. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. And in John, it says that eternal life is knowing him. It's not knowing words. These are important. But we, we are to get to know the person of the word. Jesus is alive, and he's alive in each one of us. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Boy, when you're doing something right and you're misunderstood and even people talk about you because their hearts aren't right, that's suffering. You're suffering inside for the reproach of Jesus. God says, listen, that I may know him through the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. No one suffered more than Jesus. No one. 
being conformed to his death. How does suffering conform you? Because you choose and make the right decision for Jesus. You don't step back in murmuring, complaining. You don't take a step back in self-pity. No, you, you realize that that doesn't work. Lord, I'm going to let you take care of this. I'm going to let you handle it. I don't understand it. I don't know what to do. I'm going to pray in the spirit and I'm casting my care over onto you. You make this right. When you pray like that, God goes behind your worshiping back and takes care of all your problems. That's the way to live, family. So beautiful. And it's so available for all of us because this is our journey with the Lord. John 14, let's go there. John 14, we're going to look at verse 16 and 17. John 14, 15 and 16, 16 and 17, sorry. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be, everybody, in me. He's in me. You don't have to go. You don't have to look. You don't have to stir it up. It's right there inside of you. And this is, this is what causes our growth in the Lord. And the Lord wants us all to grow up in him. It's all through the, the epistles, the importance of growing up together in the Lord. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for growth. And we should all be about that growth. First John 2, verse 20 and 27. First John 2, verse 20, and it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Well, the one who knows all things lives inside of you. And he's not withholding from you as we walk upright before him. Verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you why the teacher lives in you. Now, we do know that fivefold ministry is a teacher. We need each other. I'm so glad for the teachers I've had in my life. But the teacher, the Holy Spirit, is in you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, it's not a lie. And just as, as it has taught you, you will abide in him. He's in every believer. What a believer does with that anointing, however, is entirely up to them. We have to listen on the inside for help. We do need each other. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we're coming in times where you need to hear for yourself from the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is really drawing us in that direction where we're listening, we're paying attention, we're obeying, that, we're, that he's teaching us, I have your answer. And you stop whatever you're doing and you intentionally listen to him. He really is drawing us into that very intimate and important position in the body of Christ. And he's speaking to everyone here. 
The Holy Spirit is our helper. He comes alongside to help us and he's in us. The teacher is in us. And the reason that we're not conscious as we should be about the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is because we tend to look out horizontal for our help first out here. James 5.13. You know, somebody's got my answer. Well, the answer -er, is in each one of us. And he is more apt to give you a personal answer than somebody else who's not personally walking your walk. James 5.13 says, is there any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is there anyone of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray. What is the emphasis on? The believer. You taking personal responsibility for your individual life. Why? I need you to. And your neighbor needs you to. And your husband and wives need you to take personal responsibility for your life as a believer to work on you. Are you, do you get that? We need each other. We all need to be, we need all be walking the walk that God wants us to because there's times that I'm going to need you to be on your game. Amen. John 14, 26 says, Jesus says, I'm the way. Don't have to look anywhere else. I'm the truth. Don't have to look for truth anywhere else. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. I'm your life. If you want life, I'm it. You got me. I'm in you. You asked me to come in. I'm in there. Now take advantage of me. Take advantage of Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit in you. He knows all things. He knows the answer to your problem. He is longing for you to sit down long enough to get it. John 16, 13, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit literally whispers what Jesus has already said. Why? Because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and your problem right now. It's got the answer. And the Holy Spirit in you is going to whisper that out as you spend time with him. That's great news. That's really great news. We have a guide on the inside of us. He's good. He promised to guide us into all truth. Turn to John 16. John 16. Oh, we already did that. He'll guide us into all truth. Now turn to 2 Thessalonians. Because I want to show you something really important. Because there's a lot of deception going on in the world right now. And Jesus said in his longest sermon in Matthew 24 and 25, he started off with, take heed to yourself. Doesn't say take heed to your neighbor. It says, take heed to yourself that you be not deceived. Well, he, he said, he goes on to say that there's wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes and all the things that are happening at the end time. But four times he talks about deception. I don't know about you. The second time God says anything twice, I take a notice. I like put my antennas up four times. I'm paying attention. 
Look what he says, in, uh, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians. We're going to look at verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Well, he did that to Pharaoh, didn't he? Pharaoh had no intentions of obeying God. So God said, all right, have your way. Strong delusion. And that's what's happening to a lot of people right now. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Are we seeing that in the world right now? You know, I went to the board meeting over here, right across the street at Hemfield High School. And at the board meeting, there was tons of parents and people. And they were talking about uh, what happened there a few weeks ago. They have a transgender group that meets once a week after school. And the teacher overseeing that group invited a group of drag queens that had the whole back of their uh, buttocks open for exposure. And they were parading around the whole school. That is happening across the street from us, church. So I was there. Boy, did I have my eyes open. Everybody should go to a school board meeting. The, late, the girl, which was a student, who took the video, got up to the mic and was addressing all the school board members that seemed like they were zoned out. I mean, I, I was so observant. And they were zoned out. They didn't really, it seemed like they didn't really care what anybody was saying. Passionate parents. Why did this happen to my son? I sent you emails and called. I didn't hear anything for weeks and weeks and weeks. In fact, I haven't, haven't even heard anything. I mean, you couldn't sit there too very long to, to see the confusion, the envy, the strife, and every evil thing happening across the street from our church. And the girl said, I took that video. And I just want to say, this is the third year we've done this. Why now is there an uproar? I about swallowed my spit. What? They've been having this thing for three years, and just now the parents have rose up and come against this? All right, so what does that say? Because I had to repent before the Lord, and I went, I went home weeping in repentance. Father, on my watch, on this church's watch, we let that happen for three years? Where were we, Lord? What were we doing that was so important that those kids' lives are hanging in the balance for hell? God, I just cried and cried and cried before the Lord. I wept in repentance to him. And, you know, I'm just going to say it. Everybody's talking, let's get revived. Yeah, let's get revived, church. Let's get revived. And let's find out what the Lord wants us to be doing here and now. I'm speaking to me. If you don't want to receive that, fine. I'm speaking to me. I've been passive. 
I have, I have not understood the things going around that are impacting the kingdom of hell instead of the kingdom of God. And we've got to step up to the plate. We do. We should adopt that school and start doing Jericho walks of praying in the spirit. Take back our ground. Take back what the enemy has stolen. Wake up and understand what's happening around us. We're the ones with the authority. We're the ones with the anointing. We're the ones that God has on the earth to bring the kingdom of God here. What are we doing about that? I've had an aha moment, a few of them this week. I'm just spreading the good news. <laughs> spreading it out. Turn to Romans. I just told you about they love not the truth. They're loving not the truth. Have they heard the truth? Even have the option for it? You know, we're wondering why things are going on, but look at Romans 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. Truth is a big deal. In the church, it's a big deal. In unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. Why? There, there's a void for God in each one of us. He created each one of us in his image and likeness. There is a empty void, a vacuum in every single person that only God can fill. That's it. You can go to all the things of the world and try to fill it, but it will never fill it. Only God can. He said in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even as eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Are you reading the same Bible I am? Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. That's their number one problem. They quit giving God the glory. Oh, well. I did this. This is my talent, my gifting. I, 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 Eyes will get you in big trouble. They refused to give God the glory. Look at the second one. Weren't thankful. Thankfulness is a big, big deal. It's a big deal to God. Why? He's got a book up there called the thankful book. He's going to thank you for all the things that you've done for him down here to bring the kingdom of God. That's his nature. It's an attribute to be thankful. If you hide behind anything to not be thankful and not get in on this wonderful nature of God and attributes, please rethink that. Rethink if you're just falling for a lie and or you're lazy. Or it's not me. It's not my personality. No, being thankful is being thankful. Everybody say thank you. Was that hard? Say it again. Wow, sounds good. I think the Lord really enjoyed that. What else? So they didn't glorify the Lord. They weren't thankful. Became futile. Uh, futile in their thoughts. That is, you know, no importance. Useless. And then their foolish hearts became darkened. You see the steps? Quit glorifying God. Quit being thankful. Thought, vain thoughts, not good thoughts, certainly not the, the word of God thoughts. 
their hearts became darkened. Professing to be wise, what is that, everybody? Pride, professing to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up. Who did? God did. God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Do you see how important it is to stay with the truth? And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Do you know a pastor in Canada preached from that, from Romans 1, and he's in jail? Oh, yeah. He's in jail. I don't know if he's out yet, but he's been in jail out, in and out and out. Because he's not deviating from the truth. He's not compromising the truth. He'll die for Jesus. They overcame by the word of their testimony, the blood of the lamb, and loving not their life to the end. Enduring to the end. What? In truth. In truth. Well, if you were born in truth and you have a foundation of truth, you might as well just walk it through. Just set it in your heart. See, you make decisions this side of your actions. Quite often, if you make it in the action, you won't make the right decision. You've got to position yourself to do the right thing before. Before. The spirit of truth speaks. Whatever he hears the Father or Jesus say, that is what he will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and you can speak to him because he is a divine personality. He is a person. We have to learn to listen to that anointing within us and get in the habit of turning inside for help. Why? David encouraged himself in the Lord. I love that scripture because it was the worst moment of David's life as he is fleeing Saw. His own men turned on him. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. And it was the greatest victory that David had. And soon after, he was anointed king. The very thing that he really journeyed through and pressed into. Recognize that you're anointed. You are a son of God. God has already given you everything that you need to live a victorious life here and now. But you got to look inside and worship specifically on purpose and thank him for the answer. So staying full of God and staying full of the anointing, Romans 1 is your answer. Glorify the Lord in all things. Give him glory. Father, thank you for this food. Thank you for this great car. Thank you for this job. Thank you for my beautiful family. I give you all the glory. All these wonderful things are from you because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above where there's no shadow of turning. Father, thank you so much. I give you glory and honor that what you started, you will finish. You're the author and finisher of my faith. Thank you for keeping my family intact with no compromise. We're not veering from the truth of your word. Speak that out loud. Speak it and declare it. And what does it do? It, 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 it presses that truth in you. Staying full of God, giving him the glory, being thankful. Thank him all the time. Thank him for everything. He loves to hear it. Do you ever have the Lord thank you? You ever hear him say thank you? What's, whatever you sow, you'll reap. 
Whatever you sow, you reap. Do you ever tell the Lord how much you love him? Do you ever hear him tell you he loves you? What you sow, you will reap. I'm going to give you a visual. I want you to picture a great big gallon of water. Plastic. Full. Cap on, seal on. Just get that picture. Now try to press or indent that gallon of water. Can you do it? Not very good, can you? Not very much. Now, if I had a half of one, half of the water is gone, you could press that right into the water level, couldn't you? See, if you stay full of God, the enemy can try his, his darnness to trip you up, but it's not likely to happen. If it does, the Lord's going to be there to deliver you. Many of the trials and tribulations of the righteous, but God delivers us from them all. Everybody say all, all of them. There's no big one that the Lord can't do for you. Authority. God, the Holy Spirit wants you to walk in your God-given authority. Luke 10, 19, I give you authority over all the power of the devil. Nothing shall hurt you. Jesus said, I've come to destroy the works of the enemy. Who do you do that for? Who? Me. You, say me, make the word of God personal. Make it your personal book from the Lord. Amen. When you do that, it becomes you. It becomes a part of you. God gave you authority. I've heard it said that there's no other message in all the New Testament that the devil fights harder than this one concerning the authority of the believer. Well, we look back in the garden, right? Satan was, Lucifer was there, and he saw God give Adam and Eve unlimited authority. And he wanted it. So what did he do? Psst, psst, psst. Did God really say that? Immediately, he, he makes you or tempts you to question what God said. Right? Isn't that how he tries to come into your life? Did God really say that to you? Did God really promise in his word this? Did he say he'd supply your every need? Did he say he'd multiply your food? Did he say all that? That's what, how he comes in in your thought life to disvalue or disrespect the Lord and your, your relationship with him. So he started off in the garden, and then he literally has, I don't know what the adjective is, but he stood before Jesus himself. And said, are you really who you say you are? The gall. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I read the, the Bible sometimes. I just shake my, set, my head. He said in Matthew 4, if thou be the son of God, turn this bread, this stone into bread. He, he tempted Jesus in all three areas of our life. Spirit, soul, and body. Body first with bread. Soul by it was suicide, literally. He said, cast yourself off this cliff. Your angels will, will uh, make sure that you don't hit the bottom and splat. What was that? His soulish realm, his emotional realm. And then the last was the, was the worst. He tempted him in the spirit with what? Power and riches. Power and money. He just figured out if he can get a, a man or a woman to uh, want money and power more than 
the things of God, he's got them. That's it. Those temptations, Jesus won all of those temptations. They were valid temptations. He was validly tempted in all three areas of his life. And he got the victory for you and me. So we can pass the test too. That's good news. That's really good news. Authority. The devil wants your authority. He doesn't want you to think you have authority. He doesn't want you to know what your authority is. He doesn't want you to be identified as a son of God that has all the promises, yes and amen, and given a God-given God authority from the Lord himself. So many people, and I, I hear this and I see it and I pick it up in the spirit, people are wondering, their identity is a big issue right now. Identity, who am I? I, I, it, not just in the world, but even in the church. Identity, it's a big, big issue. Are you a son of God or not? What else is there? Everything else has been given to you by the Lord. He gets all the glory. Even the fact that you're a son of God, he gets all the glory. Amen. That's your identity. I'm a son of God. I'm the bride of Christ. I belong to the family of God. That's my identity. That's who I identify with, the Lord. Sure, I'm a mom, and I'm this, and I'm that. Who cares? I'm a son of God. I walk in sonship. That's my identity. See, that's my priority. There's your identity. Everybody pick that mantle up. Everybody pick it up. That's my identity. Don't have to wonder anymore. Don't have to prove yourself. Don't have to press in anything in the world. That's your identity. And it's the best identity in the world. To know that you're a son of God, that you've been uh, forgiven by the blood of Jesus, that you can live for God and please the Father who created you. What else is there? Everything else is frosting on the cake. Amen. Praise the Lord. Take that, take your identity in the Lord and understand what that authority is and how it operates in your life. All right, so I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was administrator at Church of the Word in Titusville, and I was coming home. This is a true story. I don't, some of you probably have heard it, some of you haven't. And I was driving my car home, and on my radio, the song was playing, It Is Well With My Soul. I have a shirt that with that. And I was singing along, It Is Well With My Soul. And I came up, up to a school, and I noticed kids were coming out. Some were walking on the side of the road. I slowed down, aware of what I was looking at. And all of a sudden, say all of a sudden, a little girl stepped right out in front of my car. I mean, like that. I hit her. She went flying a little bit down the road, and and I I don't even know if I turned my car off, but I certainly braked, and I think I did turn my car off. I got out of the out of my car. She's on the road on her back, and I ran. I walked up to her, and I knelt down and I started immediately praying in the spirit, because times like that, when the squeeze is on, what's inside is going to come out. When the squeeze is on. What's inside is going to come out. 
You'll know where you are located and what atmosphere you're in on a daily basis when something like that happens. So I'm praying in the spirit. I look up and my friend Holly, see, the Lord is so good. Just, I want you to know the Lord is so good. He knows exactly what you need, no matter what the circumstances are. And here is my friend Holly, I pull her car up and the first car and I go like this and she comes over. She's a woman of God, praise in tongues, word of faith. And I said, let's agree in prayer. And we both laid hands on this lifeless body. She's more of a medical person, took her pulse, no pulse. Doesn't matter. We prayed that nothing missing, nothing broken, life in this child's uh, body. And we just out loud praying in tongues, thanking the Lord for the life in this child, nothing missing, nothing broken. We were very specific about it. You know, in times like that, time stands still. I, I couldn't even tell you the time element of everything. But all of a sudden we heard an ambulance, you know, the, the sirens in the back. All the people, the teachers come running out. So now we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. People just standing around, nobody touching her. Holly and I kneeling down, laying our hands on her, praying out loud in the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden I heard somebody say, her, that's her mom. Her mom's coming. And I stand up and I look and here's this short kind of pudgy woman walk, running down the, the road from that direction. And I take off to the mother. This is a true story. See, when you're under the anointing of God, you do extraordinary things. He does extraordinary things in you. I took off for the mother of the little girl I just hit. And I get to her and I say, your little girl is fine. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Let's just praise the Lord. And I must have had a smile on my face because she lifted her hands with me. And the two of us, for I don't know how long, it wasn't very long, just thank the Lord, praise God, God in unity. And then she passed me and headed to her daughter. Well, the next thing I remember is, he, is looking back and the ambulance had her on that gurney and lifted her up and her mom got in the ambulance and off they went. Mr. Policeman came to me, took a report, and uh, Holly left, people left. Everybody left. I mean, everybody left. There wasn't another person around but me. And my car was this way in the road. And I went, well, praise the Lord. Father, I'm just believing that there's going to be a good result to this. And I got back in my car, put my hands on the steering wheel, and the most diabolical spirit of fear, a presence of fear, I have never experience then up to then and never have since came into my car and totally paralyzed me. I mean, to the point I could not move, not even facial expression. I was totally paralyzed. I knew what I was experiencing and I thought inside of me, if I can just say the name of Jesus, if I can just say the name of Jesus, this will leave. This will break. And every thought, every diabolical evil thought he could ever conjure up, he threw in my brain. You're going to jail. You just killed her. Every single thing that he could to, to add fear into my life, he tried to do. But I knew 
if I could just say the name of Jesus, I could have breakthrough. And when I say I worked at it, I mean it. I worked at it. I was so paralyzed. I hope none of you ever experienced that kind of fear, but it was so real and it was so strong. And I literally worked at getting out of my mouth the name of Jesus. And when I finally broke through, I screamed it at the top of my lungs, took authority over that uh, spirit of fear, commanded it to leave my car and my life. And it did. Just like that. Gone. And all the way home, you know what I did? I praised the Lord. I prayed and praised and sang songs and thanked God for answering our prayer of agreement and just had in my heart this little girl was perfectly fine. Now, I didn't have any connections with this family other than Holly. She knew the family. Come to find out, true story, you probably can archive it in the newspapers. She was a a solo in the spring concert that night. And she was the soulless in the spring concert that night. They released her from the hospital. She was at school singing that night. Nothing missing, nothing broken. What is that? Authority. It's knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. And when the squeeze is on, taking your authority, backing up Jesus and giving him all the glory. See, that happens by compounding your atmosphere of praise, compounding your availability and putting the Holy Spirit preference in your very busy day. That's making good decisions along the way and compounding Jesus in your life because no one knows when those situations will come. They come like that. But what's inside, what you've compounded will come out. See, the Holy Spirit wants you ready for these. That's why this message is tonight. Do you all get that? He wants you ready. He doesn't want you lazy or passive, allowing the enemy to take ground in your life, your personal life, in your family's life, without you doing anything about it. The days of being passive in in the church is over. It's over. And you're responsible for your own position, your own place, and we all need to take that position and mantle and stand up together collectively, all of us personally responsible to do that because collectively we can take that school back for God, not the devil. And we need to do it because the Lord is speaking this to us tonight. Don't leave anything on the table. Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two. And you build this in your quiet time, your little decisions in your own personal life of making good decisions, making changes and adjustments along the way. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 6. But God, there's that but God, Jen. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up together. Look around, we're all together, same place, same position, in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus. Positionally, that's where we're at, in the spirit. 
Because God put us there. You're there. That means you're looking down at situations and they're under your feet. Glory to God. And the Lord's right there with us, right next door to us. <laughs> this is a place of positional perspective we all need to get more and more and more in our life as we continue to grow. We're joint heirs in this. And the Lord deemed that in his sovereignty to hook us in. To hook us in together with him. That's why he needs us. He does need you. God doesn't need anything. Well, tell him that in his word. He chose you so that you could pray, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He gave you authority to pray his will done on the earth in your personal life, in your family, in that school. He needs you to pray his will to come to pass. Yes, he does need you. And he wants you. I share and you share in his authority and can exercise his authority to the extent of your spiritual comprehension and you're pressing into the Holy Spirit on an individual level. Jesus is not here right at the right hand of the Father, but the church is. The body of Christ is here, and therefore he is the head of the church. So all of Jesus' orders must be carried out through his body, very much like my body and yours. My brain is telling my arm to lift up. I need my head for my arm to, to lift up. Jesus needs you to do the work here on the earth. He needs you. Matthew 18, 18 says, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I really think the many reasons why our problems exist is because we just permit them. That's for you, Karen. You just permit it. You don't press in, you don't pray, you don't ask, you don't do what you should be doing on a regular, consistent basis. You don't make that a priority. You're too busy in life. Am I speaking to anybody else? And I honestly believe that a lot of that has to do with our mouth. Believe and confess, Colossians 2.6, as you have received him, so ye walk in it. Walking it out every single day. Proverbs 18.20, a classic. Death and life are in the power of whose tongue? Mine. And I'll eat the fruit of it. I'm going to eat life or I'm going to eat death. One or the other. I'm choosing every time I open my mouth. What is coming out of my mouth? Galatians 6.7. As a man soweth, he shall surely reap. You know, we say that and we know it. We like it. We repeat it, but do you really understand the importance of that scripture? You are sowing words. You're going to reap what you're sowing. If you're sowing discord, you're going to get discord in your life. If you're sowing love and kindness and gentleness, you're going to get that in your life. This is a law of the kingdom of God. And God said, I won't be mocked, so don't be deceived. Whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. If you don't like what you're reaping right now, just change your seed. Change your words. Start being a blesser. 
It's, it, it's really that simple. Isn't that profound? Wow, so simple. Mark 16, 17. In my name, you shall cast down demons. You don't pray about demons. You cast them out. <laughs> you don't pray about it. If you got something in you that you don't like, cast it out. If somebody comes up to you and says, will you please help me? I'm dealing with a demon. I need help. Cast it out. You don't sit there and have a prayer meeting. Amen. He said, in my name, cast out demons. The very first sign that Jesus said we would do is we would exercise authority over the devil in his name. That's really simple. Are we doing it? God expects every Christian to grow up and develop his own faith and his own faith walk and to know what belongs to you in Christ and to know your authority and to walk in the light of it. When we have authority over evil spirits to break their power over our own lives or loved ones or in the world over there, that's how God wants us to operate. That's what he created us to do in our reborn again birth. He gave us all this. Jesus is ahead of over all things, sickness, disease, evil. For your sake, for the church's sake. So we're to only, we're to pick up our own mantle, pick up our own life. You, I don't live your life. You don't live my life, but I'm responsible for me. And I've been given joint authority by Jesus himself. He died and paid a high price to give it to me. I value it. I honor it. I feed it. I fertilize it. I water it. Do I do it perfectly? No, but I'm telling you right now, I'm moving and going forward with it and look for opportunities to continue growth in that. That's our journey, church. It really is. He'll always back, he'll always back you up. He'll always back up his word in your life. When you speak the name of Jesus, you're speaking everything that you need. Everything. All the promises of God are what? Does, is, is God a liar? No. How can we make this all operate? And it's in the word abiding, abiding in the vine. The integrity and the fruit of the spirit can never be imitated. The fruit pushes out all the selfish and prideful ambition in you. Gifts are external, but fruit is internal. The test for any minister is not the gifts in operation. Let me say that again. The test for any minister is not the gifts in ministration, but in the character of an individual and of the fruit of their lives. Why? Because there's been a many minister in the gospel that operated in the gifts of the spirit, but their character wasn't developed enough to withstand those gifts and that anointing in their life. What's going on inside of here is super important to the Lord because he does want us to all operate in the gifts of the spirit. Say, that's me. 
Every one of us, he wants us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the very character traits of God himself. In Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. That is the nature and character of God. We should be aspiring to that. All of us, all the time, choosing the gifts of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit to operate in our lives. That should be our default. That should be everything that we do is to be more like Jesus, less of the old man. Because we were, we were crucified with him. We were buried with him. We got a new life going on. And now we've got to manifest that new life. And it's work. Say work. It's work. We're, we're pressing into the kingdom of God. If you think this is a happy-go-lucky tiptoe through the tulips kind of journey, you are in la-la land. It's hard work. Are you up for it? Are you up for it? These are good questions to ask yourself as you're sitting there. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking tonight. Things are not going to get better for us, church. If you believe we're in the last times, things are getting worse. You better be on your game. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to every one of us tonight. It's not the time to be passive anymore and just slip through. We have to be intentional, intentional about what we're doing in a given day, operating in the Spirit of God. Amen. John 4.14 says that within you is a fountain of water flowing, bubbling up continually unto eternal life. We have to choose to yield to this and keep those forces streaming out like a fountain in our heart. We must refuse to let selfishness, anger, accusations, judgment, gossip, all that sin that we've been delivered from, that old man that's been crucified, that stops the flow of the anointing in your life. Choose you this day. Anointing or that stuff. And no one stops it but you. People can help you by saying, would you please stop that? <laughs> and you should, right? But stop it yourself. Recognize it. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep thy own heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You want it flowing from you. Don't look for perfection, but look for growth. Look for a want to. Look for a get to in your own heart. And make those adjustments as you, as you continue going on. Pressures, trials, and tribulations, they come. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is the truth. If, if you're compounding that greatness within you by doing all these things, the devil is going to try, but he can't. He'll go away. You're too much work for him. John 15. Let's all go there. John 15. Boy, John 14, 15, 16, and 17. They are just so beautiful chapters in the Bible. Um, almost all read, Jesus speaking before he left the earth. They're just full of truth and, and really challenging you and comforting you and encouraging you. If you're not reading anything else, just open your Bibles to John on your table and sit down and read a chapter. Probably take you a minute and 30 seconds. But what God will put in you 
It's incredible what the word does for your life. John 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Everybody say prunes it. Pruning is really a good thing. You know why? It lightens the load. It lightens the load. You can run freer. You, you're less distracted. It's really a good thing in your life. It really is. The branches that bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. You're already clean. You're already saved. You're in position. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abiding. Habitating. Resting. Being still and quiet. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast down as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What a great promise. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As a father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Isn't that a beautiful invitation of the Lord? He says, abide in my love. Just enter in and abide in my love. He bids us to do this. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abided in his love. That's personal responsibility. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be remain in you and that your joy may be full. Full. That you're walking in the joy of the Lord no matter what life throws at you. No matter what the devil throws at you. The joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. You, you find strength in the joy of the Lord. It's not like happiness. Happen, happenstance is you're happy because of circumstances. No, joy is a fruit of the Spirit and it lives in you. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love is no one than, than when a, that lays down one lives for his friends. That means preferring somebody else over yourself. That's laying down your agenda, your busyness, when somebody's got a need. That's love. That's true love, greater love. No one has. You're my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. You didn't, chose, you didn't choose me. Nope. But I chose you. I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit will remain. It's not something that comes up when the sun comes out and a little bit of rain and then withers because it's not fertilized. It's not watered. It's not tended to. God wants your fruit to remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. These things I command you that you love one another. 
that you love one another. It's so important to the Lord. So who are you practicing your love walk on? <laughs> it's another question the Holy Spirit wanted to ask you tonight. Who are you practicing your love walk on? What is abiding? It's constant. It's steadfast. It's enduring. It's perpetual, unending, remaining, and standing, everlasting, continuing for a long time, not changing. That's what abiding is. You're in it for the end. You're running to the finish line. It doesn't matter what the devil does, what anybody does. You're in it for Jesus. He gets all the glory. That's our perspective. The foundation of powerful prayers is living and abiding in fellowship with a person. The person of the Holy Spirit. The house to, the words that we read, these are all great, but we can have really faith just by knowing these. Your real faith comes from knowing a person and his character and how he deals with you. And when you have that safety, I don't know if safety is the right word, but when you have that knowing in your heart, see, when you have symptoms come on your body, and Satan's relentless, that's the only good adjective I can say about him. But he is relentless. He will push you to your limit. And I have found that I can stand and declare the word of God over my body. I'm just going to make this very personal, over my body. And I know the word has power in it. The name of Jesus has power. And, and we do these things. But I'm, I'm at the point where I'll just sit down with, with the father, my father, and I'll say, you created me with a plan and a purpose. You know my times are in your hands not the devil's and not these symptoms. My life is in your hands, Father. You know the day you, I was created and you know the day I'm going to die. And I trust you with my life. I'd rather put my life in your hands than somebody else I don't even know. So I'm trusting that I'm going to live out all the days of my life in the fullness of what you created me for. I trust in a person. He's real to me. He can have my life. If he wants to take my life, he can have it. He gave it to me. It's his. But I pray that I'm going to fulfill and live out every day that he had planned for me. And no symptom is going to get in the way. No lie from the enemy is going to stop the plan of God when you know a person. See, it's the... It's the person of the word. You can't separate the two because the word gives you confidence, right? It's written for us to read and to get into our spirit and our heart. But it's the person of the word that you grow to trust, that you grow to know that he's the one who guides you. You check in with him and, and you let things go because it's just not in, as important as you thought it was or maybe... At a, at a time that you thought it was, it's not that way now. Why? Because you've grown. And you've let go of things. And it's okay. That's the process of our life, is getting to know the person of the word. 
John 15, 7 says, if you live in me, abide in me vitally, united to me, and my words remain in you, you continue to live in your heart, and whatsoever you will, it shall be done for you. That word ask implies that you and God are so intertwined, so closely joined together in your thought life and in your heart, that when you ask, it's both of you asking. And, you know, if you've read John 17, whatever Jesus is praying for you in John 17, you are 100% guaranteed to get. 100%. Jesus always got his prayers answered, 100%. So if you're abiding with him and he puts something on your heart and you pray it out, you're both praying it out. You're getting it. Do you see what I'm seeing of the importance of that personhood? Elijah from the Old Testament is really a good um, example. And and words just like are 3D to me when I read the word. In 1 Kings 17, 1, it says, As the Lord God of Israel before whom I stand. Not what I stand or what or wherever. It's whom. He had a personal relationship with a living God. And he knew that to the point where he says, it's not going to rain until I say. <laughs> now that's confidence in a person. That's confidence in the word of a person. Amen. That is where the Lord is leading all of us in greater measure. I know you've all tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord. All of us in this place, know what it is to walk with the Holy Spirit as a person. We've all are in tune, but God is bidding us higher. He's bidding us higher in our prayer life. And if you will take this tonight as an individual, intimate, personal word from the Lord, and if you'll honor him in this word tonight for you personally, Your year, your year going out is going to change. It's going to be upgraded. It's going to be filled with God in ways that you have not even dreamed of. Because God is looking for people who he can show his glory through. And he's looking for you. And he wants you to be available. He wants you to step up the anointing in your life. He wants you to abide with him where he can whisper in your ear something that he'll not whisper to anybody else. He wants you to be responsible to pick up your position and upgrade. Upgrade in it. We need this, church. I'm not going to say it any more stronger than that, but I think you're all sensing in the spirit. We need to be walking with the Lord in a greater way individually. And I know no better way than praying in the spirit. Tonight, if you would like to just spend a few minutes before the Lord and, and repent to him for living a prayerless life, not praying in the spirit every day, this precious gift that he's given each one of us as believers. That's the only qualification that you are a believer, that you're recreated spirit, that the Holy Spirit can indwell. 
If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's all in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 14 lays it out so plain. And all through, Paul talks about, I pray in the, in the Holy Spirit more than you all. He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He, it gives you revelation about your life. Gives you revelation about your problem. Pray, now, add fasting to that in Isaiah 58, the fasting chapel, chapter. It talks about don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, I've heard teachings that, you know, keep feeding your family food. That's not what it means. It means when, when you pray in the Spirit and set yourself to seek the Lord, and I mean you really mean that intentionally, the Lord's going to take that as a serious step on your, on your part. And he's going to show you areas in your life that have hindered you from walking in the fullness of what he would like to give you. And if you will allow the Holy Spirit to make those adjustments in you and don't hide yourself from your own flesh, Say, no, that's just intermediate. That's not really me. That's not how I operate. And, you know, no, I'm not offended. And, and come up with all these excuses as to stay the same and not move out into the arena and not open the doors that you have a do not disturb sign in your heart because it's too hard or it's too wounded or you're too broken. God wants to bring healing and wholeness into every area of our lives. Why? Because when we get the victory, we can help someone else get the victory. So allow the Lord to show you your own flesh, to show you areas in your life that you've put a blanket over and pretended it just doesn't exist. God wants to take the blanket off and say, let's get healed of this. Let me bring the, the, the balm of Gilead in here and heal your heart. Allow me to bring healing into your life so that you can get victory and live an abundant life in this area. God's wanting to do this. He's cleaning us up. He's purifying us. He's purging. Allow him to do it. Give him a go sign. Say yes. He's getting us ready, church as the bride and we and every day is precious don't let days go by so I'll get to that no every day is precious you don't know what's in store what's down the road for you but this I know the Lord wants you ready to meet it with the Holy Spirit so tonight he's encouraging all of us and this is this is an encouraging message. It's a challenging message. It's, it's one, you know, that's kind of tough maybe for some of us. One of repentance. One of realizing I have just not stepped up to the plate. But today, and but God, I'm going to make a change in my life. I'm going to schedule him in. I'm going to schedule reading the word consistently every day. I'm going to schedule in praying the spirit. Like you schedule your work, schedule praying in the Holy Spirit. Don't let one day go by from this moment on that you're not praying in the spirit. Every syllable, every word is packed with kingdom promise, kingdom deliverance, kingdom breakthrough. And church, he needs us. 
It's a call to action for every one of us. And it's been building. I think you're all sensing it in this place right here. And we're not the only ones that the Lord is dealing with. But we've been faithful to the Lord. He loves us. He loves this church. And he wants more for each and every one of us. But we got to want it too. We're yoked in with him. There's nothing more important on your agenda than spending time with the Lord. There's nothing more important in your agenda than praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to give you a really great resource to encourage you. Number one, on YouTube, everybody take a pencil and paper out, please, because you're going to forget if, I, if you don't write it down. This is super, super important. I have found this in my life to be one of the greatest encouragers to help me pray in the Holy Spirit because your flesh doesn't want to pray in the Spirit. Your spirit is so willing, but you need to press in. You need to start, and then you need to press in, and I know of no other thing on YouTube that's called, Do You Pray in Tongues for an Hour? It's exactly that's what you put in. Do you pray in tongues for an hour? If you gotta get on YouTube and put that in the search, it will bring up Dave Robinson, and he will pray you pray you through and pray with you for one hour. And it's the most encouraging hour you will ever have in a day. He encourages you like a coach the whole time. This book right here is probably one of my favorite books next to the Bible. I've read it so many times, the whole darn thing is practically yellow because I highlight everything. It's called The Walk of the Spirit in the Walk, the Walk of, of the Spirit, the Walk of Power. And church, that's what we need today is we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's by Dave Robinson. I don't think these are in print anymore. You might be able to get on Amazon or some book place. But I know you can go to his website and download the, PF, the PDF and print it out if you want to. But you can download the, the PDF. It is so worth your time. Highly encourage and recommend that you do that. One page will have you hooked in this book. It just keeps drawing you deeper and deeper into the things of the Holy Spirit. And we need encouragement. We need comfort. We need each other. We need to band together in the things of God and in the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit is the best, the quickest, the most efficient way to do it. Is there anyone here tonight that, would that does not have your prayer language? What I mean by that is you have words coming out of your mouth that are not English or not your native tongue. They are a heavenly language. And your qualification is only to be a born-again believer. If you don't have it and you would like to have that tonight and start praying in the Spirit, I encourage you to come up. We'll pray with you so you can get that. So all of us are praying in the Spirit together. And it's as simple as asking. You didn't have to work to get saved. You don't have to work to receive anything from the Lord. You ask, you believe, and you receive. That's how you receive everything from the Lord. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. And for all of us who have the baptism of the Holy Spirit,
You're speaking to the Lord. You're not speaking to somebody else unless the Holy Spirit comes on you for a word of edification. That would be great. But if not, let's prime the pump and let's all pray in the Spirit and pray to our Father and ask Him to revive this gift and the desire to pray in the Holy Spirit. Are we all on, on the same page with this? Yes? All right. Let's just pray. Let's just pray in the Spirit. If there's anyone who wants to come up to receive that, now's your time. Don't be left out. Don't put any, leave anything on the table. I agree with that Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, do it. Kidiara barata. Ashandorote diarata. Hamanora tayara kate diara barata. Ashandora kayara barete. Revive your people, Lord. Here ashandota kayara barata. Hediara barata kayara barata. Father, put a strong desire in each one of our hearts. Hediara barete diara to please you in this, Lord. Hediara barata. Shane diara bara. Hamanora. Lord, you get all the glory, all the praise. All the glory belongs to you, Lord Jesus. We are just so grateful and thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God, to do our part to enhance, enrich, and populate the kingdom of God. While we have yet time in the flesh, Lord, every day is so important to listen and obey you. Hidiata, you've given us a, a, a phone line, a direct line to you, Father. Hidiata barete. Father, put that value in our life to pray in tongues every day. Hidiala balata. Hariata, revisit 1 Corinthians 14, seeing the value of it, Lord. Honoring you in this, Lord. Hidiala balata. Kayara manoto. Huiara barete diarata. Hashanota. Thank you for going before us. Thank you for going before us, Holy Spirit. Father, we just take authority in the Spirit over any depression, any discouragement. In the name of Jesus, we just break the power of that spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, command it to go. Father, open up. Open up the spirit of gladness, the garment of praise. Bring it forth, Father God, from the heart. 
Nothing's impossible for you, Lord. Nothing. You already have our provision. It's been given to us from the foundations of the earth. Nothing takes you by surprise. We believe you. We trust you with all our heart. We're not going to lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge you, honor you. We thank you for that, Father. Stir it up, church. Stir it up. Stir it up. Ask the Lord to help you pray in tongues for an hour. Help. Ask him to help you get on YouTube and listen. Sit down in one spot and listen to that YouTube video or audio for one hour. Just set a time aside. I promise you, I promise you, your life will never be the same promise you. You'll get a breakthrough. You will never, you, you just can't comprehend. I actually just prayed for an hour in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have never done that. If you take, if you make yourself available to the Holy Spirit, get your agenda off the plate and say, for the next hour, I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit, listening to this and listen to it as you're going. I promise you, Things will change in your life. You'll have breakthrough. You'll find yourself praying in the Spirit more throughout the day. It's an incredible thing that you start. See, it's as you will. Praying in the Spirit is as you will. The Spirit helps you utter, but you decide to do it. It's the only gift of the Spirit. It's as you will. Isn't that beautiful? And you can have as much of it as you will. (laughs) Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for the sweet, sweet spirit of God here. Thank you for your love. You love us so much that you're not willing for us to stay the same, but to be changed more and more into the image and likeness of your son, Jesus. Father, I want to cooperate. I say yes to you. I allow the Holy Spirit to work through me, in me, I'll set that time aside. I'll make myself available. You've bid us tonight to do that. Help us all, Lord. Help us all come into position. We thank you and give you praise, Father, that you do love us so much. And we're thankful for the Holy Spirit, our helper, to press in, press into the kingdom of God for your glory, Lord. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to share a testimony on what Karen has been sharing here. Uh, I'm a living witness of a result. Uh, Before uh, I decided to take my life and pivot it to start the Armada Commission, a few months before, Somebody didn't like that. And the attacks just increased and uh, from the enemy. One morning, I was, it was morning time, and I couldn't, 
I couldn't get out of bed. I was so numb and I couldn't breathe. So I felt someone on top of me totally trying to kill me. I felt like I was dying. Okay? I couldn't even shout. I couldn't use my authority. That's how the enemy is. He, he, you know, he tries to use our sleep, you know, when you're in your weakest point. Um, and I just couldn't until I just uttered, I was trying to shout, God, help me. And I just said, and then that thing lifted off. But it took me, I don't know how long it took me because I sat up and I sat up on my bed and I was breathing. I was trying to breathe to recover from this thing. And the first thing is, I, I just looked at my phone to see what time it was, and there was a message from someone. It was like 10 minutes ago while I was going through that thing. And I opened up the message, and it was Karen Burroughs. She said, I don't know why, but God told me to pray for you. Let me know when you get this message. You know, Karen said, we have a responsibility for our own walk, our own disciplines and the Word, and I, I have to increase in that. But we have a responsibility to each other. Jesus said, you know, I lift up a sacrifice of praise, but it's also a sacrifice of intercession and alertness for the body of Christ. You know, by the grace of God and by other people's backs and hard work, we went to Ukraine and the miracles that happened there is because somebody in here was praying and I believe it was all of you. It was your prayers. It was your intercessions. We are responsible for each other. So I can attest and I thank you. Thank All the glory goes to Jesus. But it's like, you know, we get to participate in this beautiful work. You and me. Thank you for sharing that testimony. And I'm sure all of you have testimonies like that. You know when the Lord, you know when somebody's praying for you. You know when the Lord is interceding through you for someone else. I, I just, I'm going to reiterate and say, we need to step up to the plate. All right? That's the encouraging word of the Holy Spirit tonight. You are blessed. You are anointed. You have the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the mantle to walk in every day of your life. Go. Be a blessing. Be blessed. Know your identity in the Lord as a son of God. Keep walking. Keep moving. Keep going forward, pressing into the kingdom. No compromise. No compromise at all. Hanging on to the truth that you know, the foundation that you've been built on. Amen. There is fellowship um, downstairs for those of you who would like to fellowship tonight. Pray for one another. Be a hug and, you know, $20 bills in your pocket, whatever. Just be the church to one another because this is our sphere right here of anointing, of atmosphere, of authority. This is it. You look around. God brought us here. He planted you in this church. He brought you here to be a blessing and to be blessed. We all have a part to play. Amen. God bless you all. Good night.
Good evening, everyone. God bless you. So glad that you're all here tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's such an anointing when we gather together as family, family of God. We are obeying the word. In Hebrews, it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself with other believers, especially as we see the day approaching. Amen. And the Lord is here. He's the head of the body. He's the head of the church. His presence is here with us tonight. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for tonight. We're grateful for your presence, Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise and all the glory. I want to read out of Psalms 100. It's such a powerful verse. It's so little. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. We have a lot to be thankful and shouting with joy, don't we? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That's about what we're going to be doing. We're coming in his presence. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made you and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good always good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generation well let's stand up together as family tonight and let's do that let's just thank him and praise him and give him our attention and expect his presence to be touching your life tonight amen the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom freedom to be all that Jesus planned on from the foundations of the earth with the Father God for you for your life for your purpose your plan everything's been given to you to fulfill that as a son of God in the family of God you've been separated from the world and the world system and the world way of thinking and he's given you his mind, his heart, his ways, his purpose. Hallelujah. That's already been given to you at your, your rebirth. And now we just have to access that. Are you expecting tonight? Are you expecting answers to some questions you have? Are you expecting the Lord to meet you in a healing, in a deliverance? in a way that you've been praying and asking him for this week. Are you expecting to hear from the Lord tonight? Are you expecting to hear from the Lord tonight? Yeah, see, if you've, we've got a part to play. We have to draw on that anointing from the Holy Spirit. He's here tonight. He's here tonight. And do you want your answer? Do you want your deliverance? Do you want your healing? 
because his presence is here tonight. Draw on that tonight. Ask the Lord to speak to you personally tonight. Expect not to leave that back door without getting what you came here for. Because the Lord is more willing to give to you tonight than you are even to receive. But be a good receiver tonight. Draw on the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. All right? Will you do that tonight, church? Amen. Be, be in a position of expectancy. That's what I hear the spirit of saying, the spirit of the Lord saying right now. Be in a position of expectancy. Don't be denied. Don't leave anything on the table tonight. Press in. The Bible says that we're all pressing into the kingdom of God. There is a press. The violent take it by force. There's no passivity in the kingdom of God. Not if you don't want to be denied. And tonight's your night. Say that. Tonight's my night. Amen. Do you believe that? I do. I'm, I'm in faith for you tonight. I believe the Lord's got your answer. I think he's going to speak something very intimate, sovereign to each one of you tonight. So be expecting and pray in the spirit. Percolate praying in the spirit. You know, I was in the courtroom for two days this past week with 150 people. And the majority of the time I was there, I was praying in the spirit under my breath and yet words. You know, you set yourself in a position in communion and intimacy with the Holy Spirit when you enter into this beautiful gift of diversity of tongues and you can percolate all the time really even here in church would be a wonderful place to percolate praying in the spirit you're tapping into the spirit when you do that every syllable every word is important it's weighty full of anointing the Lord just wanted me to encourage you in that to remind you the importance of the gift of this baptism of the Holy Spirit and as we all enter in it brings a unity and where what does the Bible say about unity there is the commanded blessing glory to God so let's just set our hearts together tonight in unity and percolate through the service tonight in the spirit fine-tune that uh, Holy Spirit in your own spirit tonight and set yourself in a position to receive amen well one way we love God. Is how? Yes. So love on your neighbor and tell them you're glad that they're here. Well, good evening again to you all. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Glad to come into where we can hear the word of God together, worship together, and expect to receive from him. Amen. All right, well, we will prepare to return the tithe to the Lord. So if you need a cash envelope for your giving, you can raise your hand. Did I miss any visitors? I was just checking the crowd here. Do we have anyone that's here for the very first time? Can you just raise your hand so we can welcome you, acknowledge you? We won't make you get up and sing a solo or anything. <laughs> or maybe. <laughs> all right, well, we're glad to have you all with us tonight. We're going to return the tithe to the Lord.
You know, that's who it's to. We don't give to churches. We don't give to ministries. We don't give to people. We're giving to the Lord. Now, I know we don't uh, send our checks and our dollar bills by airmail to heaven. We, we know that. Um, but just like receiving from God comes through the horizontal when we give to God, that also is horizontal. Uh, Hebrews 7, chapter 7, verse 8 says this, says, here mortal men receive tithes, but there, now where's there? It's different than here. There is not here. So here, horizontal, men are receiving tithes. A basket's being passed, someone's going to put it in the bank and all of that. But there, he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So it's a demonstration. You believe Jesus is alive when you tithe. That was from the New King James. That was the version that I read out of. But it's it's of the heart. When I say, you know, we give to the Lord, that, that's a heart condition. And it's a thing that we need to constantly put ourselves in. Be mindful of, you know, who am I giving to? Am I, don't get your eyes on people. When you do that, you, you get yourself in a position where the Lord's no longer your source because you're looking at people. You're looking, you're giving to people and you're, and you're receiving from people. And now people are your source, not the Lord. So we keep our eyes on God. Amen. We give our, we return the tithe to Him. When we give an alms or an offering, it's to Him. When we receive a blessing, it's from Him. Both sides of that matter of giving and receiving, like Paul referred to it. Both sides of that coin is our eyes are on Him to him and from him. All right, well, in Proverbs, if you want to turn with me, I'm going to read you two scriptures. I'm still on that same plane of to the Lord, from the Lord, eyes are on the Lord, but I'm going to give you some scriptures from Proverbs that brings this out, that what we give horizontally, the Lord is receiving. So Proverbs 19, verse 17 says this. It says, whoever is kind to the poor, well, who's poor? What's poor? I mean, there's, we know there's many levels of poor, but, you know, when you think of, of poor, I think of lack. You know, being stretched thin. And sometimes you can go through seasons of, you know, where, you, where you're stretched thin. <laughs> you know, even though, and maybe the next season you're not. But that is just having need, having a lack. And it says, whoever is kind to the poor. Well, how do you be kind to the poor? You just hold their door open for them, smile at them and wave real big and say, have a good day. What would it be to be kind to the poor? There you go. Well, when I was contemplating this, I thought of an instance in Colorado in 2008, 9, somewhere in that whole financial pressure. I mean, we've had financial pressures since then, don't get me wrong, but for us personally, those years were some of the hardest we've experienced in that in that way. And when I was thinking about being kind to the poor, I was reminded of a situation where we were having, we were trying to sell our house. And so um, I think my dad said, look, you know, we didn't have money to put the yard in or whatever, but my dad's like, we're not going to sell this house without a yard, so we're going to put the yard in. And so he did that, but then in Colorado, you know, there's certain treatments that need to happen or you're just not going to have grass. It's not like here where grass just grows on everything. And so there was a man from church who came by, and we, we needed these treatments done so the grass would grow. And so he treated the yard, and, you know, we expected there was a bill. He's going to give us a bill. 
And he came up and he says, no charge. <gasps> wow, no charge? But we, we owed you. You did the service. He came up and said, no charge. That is being kind to the poor, isn't it? Well, what does it say here? Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. So that man, Paul Stutzman, just gave a loan to the Lord. See that horizontal? He did it to us, but God said that was to me. Because you did it for me. You know, you got money over to them when I was wanting to get money over to them. Keep reading, says, and he will reward them for what they have done. Do you think the Lord knows how to reward do you think God's a 5% tipper or a 50 or 80% tipper? You know what I'm saying? Like the Lord knows how to do a thing. He knows how to make it good. All right, Proverbs 14. Let's go there. One more verse. Proverbs 14, 31. Here's another one showing that what we do horizontally is to the Lord. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Now, wait a minute. If I, if I go be hard on somebody and take advantage of some situation, you know, extort somebody in a, in a poor, that's poor, I'm, I'm doing it to them, right? I mean, that's, that's to this individual. No, the Lord says you're showing contempt for me, for him, for God Almighty. You treat people like that, you're doing it to him. But whoever is kind to the needy, again, how do you, how would you be kind to the needy? What would be, I'm sure there's, there's, you know, common courtesy expected to every individual. But I'm talking where a needy person would say, wow, they were really kind to me. Let me tell you, I know something about that. You alleviate pressure from a needy person, that's kindness. Whoever is kind to the needy honors God. You see that? The horizontal, how you're doing it this way. So our eyes are on the Lord. It's to him what we do for, you know, just watch about your perspective. What you do, what you, who you give to is to the Lord. We don't want to get our perspective off because he's the source. So our eyes are on him. Amen. Well, we're going to return the tithe to him gladly, recognizing he is our source for everything. And let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to be here tonight to know that we can count on you, to know that you love us. And Lord, we want to honor you with our lives. We want to honor you with our things, with our resources. And we know that you put them in our hands and are looking to how we, how we manage them, how we deal with them. And so, Lord, we want to bless others. We want to bless you. And I just thank you, Lord, for revelation, for wisdom, to how to do this better and better. So I just thank you for your provision in many, many ways. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings that you promised to pour out on the tithers. And we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people give to the Lord. A lot of things I want to mention here in the bulletin. As you can see, Pastor Sid is not here tonight. Uh, he is in Colorado, ministering at our sister church there, Church of the Word International in Colorado. Uh, Kurt Owen is putting on his Knowing and Believing the Love of God seminar, and Pastor Sid is there to help introduce Kurt to the congregation and assist him in ministry there. He comes home Monday night, so he'll be here this coming Saturday. Tonight's the last night to sign up for our ladies' breakfast, which is going to be this coming Saturday, May 21st, 8.30 in the morning.
Kelly's going to be our speaker, so come expecting good things that morning. But please sign up if you're planning to attend. You can mark your calendars for May 30th for the CWI Family Smoked Meat Cook-Off. If you plan to attend, please sign up on the, uh, the link or talk to Kelly. Also, you will notice on the back table <clears throat> a form. So if, I believe it's for our directory, is that right, Deb? Okay, so if you've moved, if you have a new phone number, or if you're new to CWI, you can pick up one of those forms, fill it out, um, just so we can create a directory and hand that back to Debbie Hershey. All right. As many of you know, I just want to uh, update you just a little bit about Anastasia. Many of you know that she had an attack earlier this year, and she's had a long, hard row in the hospital. But I received a text from her sister recently. Was it this past week? I believe it was. She said, Anna called me last evening, and we talked for five hours. <laughs> Glory to God. Like, when Karen and I visited her, she was not talking. Not at all. I mean, this is only the power of God that she is progressing. And so that is so exciting to me to see that she is moving up, moving out of this trap. So um, she's making progress, but don't stop praying for her. Don't stop declaring the word of God over her situation um, I believe she's going to be discharged from the hospital soon and going to be living with her sister. So, you know, there's still a lot of ground to cover. But the fact that she was speaking and it, with comprehension, glory to God. Hallelujah. That is the Lord. Only the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. One last thing I wanted to mention. Many, All of you should know this by now. Tuesday, y'all are planning to vote, right? Yeah. It's marked in your calendars. You're, you're going to take off whatever, because these are important races coming up. And there's been a lot of good men and women that have heard a call and taken the charge to stand up and, and make a change, be a change, okay? So there's a lot of good people on the ballot. Um, pray about who, which one. Some are better than others. So I'm not here to tell you who, but pray and do your research. There is a uh, website where you can, if you're not familiar with all the different positions open or the candidates, um, I'm going to say this, ivoterguide.com slash allinstate slash PA. Oh, is that up there? Cool. If you go there, It'll have a website there, and it'll show all the different positions across the state. Of course, it's not showing your, like, local, smaller um, things. But all the across the state, you know, all the different positions and candidates will be there. And then I think, a, like, a little caption will even pop up where you could say, you know, like, Taylor, make a, a ballot for me. Like, in other words, because you need to know your district. You need to know what, well, what area. Can I vote for Mike Miller or not, you know? Unfortunately, I don't think I can vote for them because I think the way they redistricted, okay, redistricted things, <laughs> I don't think I can vote for them. But prior to that, we could have. Anyways, I just want to really encourage you all to take your responsibility in this country seriously and be spirit-led. Can we do that? All right.